right? You can't help but do it all right, huh? We don't want to forget October is about over, but there's a lot of things in October, breast cancer, remember that? And usually we talk about women, but there's a percent of men that get breast cancer. You all just got y'all's little phones, look it up. So men, you need to uh, check yourself just like the women do. If you don't know, ask one of the ladies they can show you. Second thing is domestic violence, right? Uh, uh, domestic violence, all right? So we, we want to make sure that we treat our sisters the way they're supposed to be treated. Does that make sense? We don't want to forget those things. I want to talk a little bit this morning about what the most powerfulest thing that you, two powerfulest things that you have, and, uh, and it's the word of God and, okay, faith in it, all right? A lot of people don't understand that when God makes a promise, you can hold him to his promises. Amen. The problem is most folks don't read the Bible enough to know what his promises are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, for you all who don't know, there's a little book that you can buy called The Promises of God. It costs less than $5. And it's got every promise that's in the Word. And if you're going through a situation or a circumstance, that promise is in there somewhere. And, and, and it's called, say this, praying through Scripture. Praying through Scripture. All right, and so what, what uh, at the tail end, I'll tell you what I do for me. Now, what praying through Scripture means is I've read the Scripture, and I'm going to hold God to his word. Does that make sense? And because he's not going to promise me anything that he's not going to fulfill. So it's very important for me to know the word. Now, I want some people to make a commitment with me, okay? I haven't been reading as much as I could read. Okay, because, because you can get distracted by uh, TV. I'm not one of those people on the uh, social media, but TV, right? And uh, sports time, now you got the World Series, basketball, football. You know, some of us are kind of fanatics in those sports things. So it can kind of take a little time away. So I made a new commitment today that I'm going to study more than I've studied, all right, because uh, the commissioner of uh, basketball and football, if I'm sick, they're not going to come visit me. You understand what I'm saying? So it's very important that we know what? God's word. And so we're going to go from the Old Testament to the gospel uh, to the epistles. And I like uh, the young lady Joyce, Sister Joyce, what the scripture she read, that the promise God made to Joshua. And one thing about God, what he makes to one generation, okay, he gives to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation. And this is one thing that you know that your pastor is really on. A lot of us in here are the first generations of Christians in our family. Does that make sense? And so it is our responsibility to give the, one, the next generation and the next generation. There's too many Christian people complaining about 
what their parents did or did not do. You can't go back and get that. That's just done. But you can start with your life today. Do you understand? And in Joshua, you know, they were going through some things and some situations, but, you know, Moses was first. And God gave the law to Moses. And we're going to talk about it. I'm not into the, the Old Testament like most people want to do it, but God gave it to Moses, and then he gave the same thing he gave to Moses to Joshua. And he wants Joshua to give it to the next generation. And it's time for us to start breaking some of these generational curses. Isn't that right? Because the promise was given to the, the, whatever generation first that gets a hold of the word and puts it in their life, that's the generation that's going to be responsible for the next generation. And let me tell some of you, because some of you in here are probably still on y'all's parents. They didn't do this or that. You can't do what you don't know. You see? And their parents probably didn't give it to them, right? And so what we're going to do in here is we're we throwing all that away. We're going to take responsibility as individuals for ourselves, and then we're going to inherit the word of God. Then we're going to pass it on to the next generation. In Joshua 1, 5, and 9, it says, no one is able to stand against you all the days of your life. Now, that's a very powerful, powerful statement. And I, I'm doing this for you today. I'm breaking this down in a modern thing today because you're going to go through some things in life. I don't know where these, I mean, I love those, some, some of those sermons are good, those prosperity sermons, but yeah, that's a moment thing. If you ain't went through something, you keep living. That's just, that's just real, right? You see, so he's telling us, uh, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. That's very powerful. That when he, this is written, this is the word of God is telling them that. You go ahead and read if you like. Then he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He says, now the same God, he says, that I was with Moses, Joshua, I won't be with you. And then Pastor Fields has come this morning to tell you what he was with Moses and Joshua and the children. That he's going to do the same thing for you. Do you understand? Are y'all with me? Because we're living in some kind of, this is something we're living in now. I never, somebody said, have you ever seen anything like this, Pastor? I said, I ain't never heard some of the stuff that's going on here now. This is a whole different ballgame today. So, but we want to be those that, that step back from all that because we have a God who will protect us from all that. Okay? I will never leave you nor forsake you. And, and he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And some of you haven't been through, but you keep living, you'll get what I'm talking about. You want to keep living and remember what I'm saying so that you can come and pull it out of your savings account. See, when you come in church, you ought to have a savings account. If you ain't been through something yet, you say, well, I ain't been through that, but I'm going to put this in my savings account so that when I have to draw some spiritual strength out, then I can bring it out of my head and bring it back. See? You see what I'm saying? And so, so some of you, you are blessed. You don't know what I'm talking about. But there's some people in here that's done lost some folks that'll tell you that. There's some people in here that's done battle with cancer that'll tell you that. There's, yeah, there's some people that's dealt with divorce in here that'll tell you that. There's some people in here that's been dealt with betrayal that'll tell you that. There's some people that's been, that's been abused and they'll tell you what I'm talking about. Are y'all with me? And so we need to know that in the midst of all that, we can still make a stand. There's some people that's been uh, abused their body with addictions of certain kinds. They'll tell you that. You see, so there, he's there. He doesn't matter. See, God, one thing I like about God, there ain't no big eyes, little use, little use, big eyes. We're all the same. And one thing I like about church, now they, I like about this church, that we know for sure is all of us have one thing in common. 
we lived in sin, and I hope we're all saved, all right? But you see, so we don't look down on anybody, right? Because been there, done that. And some of us have been there, done that, don't know how to survive that. But now that we look back to what God has done for us, he was there all the time when we didn't even know it. Somebody else, you see, sometimes you're living on somebody else's prayers. You see, we'll talk about that later, okay? Go ahead. Then he tells them in verse 6, be strong and courageous. See, there's a time that you have to be strong and courageous. Now, let me tell you something. Sometimes it, you, it doesn't always be tragedy stuff. You may be on your job. There are people on their jobs that never get a raise because they're not, they aren't strong enough and courageous enough to go in there and ask for it. One of our members in here uh, found another job, and he was going to leave his job. It's about four months ago. And he was going to leave his job. And the, the, the boss came down and said, well, I see you looking. And you know, he put it in. He's going to resign his job. He said, we asked him why. He said, well, get, he could get more money. And the CEO told him, said, well, is that what you're talking about? Why didn't you ask us? It's a true story. And he uh, asked them, and they doubled what the other folks were going to give him. So sometimes, listen to me, sometimes you have to be strong and courageous in every part of your life. Do you understand? You're, you're some of your students in here, you, uh, you gotta be strong and courageous. No, people tell me I can't do something. No, 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 no. No, you may not be equipped, but he can equip you. You see, and I've told you, because I only know it works for me. All I know is, you know, I coached at a Park University for 25 years without a degree. Okay? St. Teresa's four years without a degree. Oh, I coached my own team without a degree. Right? You can't coach at a college. You have to have a degree. They tell you that. You're at high school, you have to have a degree. You understand? But when you're strong and courageous, you ain't got to have nothing but Jesus. All right? So we're going to do that in here. We're not going to back off anything in here. So, so, you know, and the challenges are, you ought to want to be a challenge. You ought to want to, you've you got the tools. Amen. If you've got the cook tools, what are you running from? What's, 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 no, no. You, there are people sitting in these pews right now is living below their knees. Because the opportunity was there, and you weren't strong enough and courageous enough to take the opportunity because you thought you wouldn't qualify because what somebody else told you. Are y'all with me? All right, here we go. So again, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. And he's telling them when you do that, you can lead some other people. One thing about a good, strong family, and it doesn't have to be biological, but I'm family, if somebody goes forth and becomes successful, everybody else will fall right in line and the ones that don't, it's on them. You see? Okay, keep going, please. Then he repeats himself again in verse 7, be strong and very courageous. He says, be strong and very courageous. Now, if he's telling you to be strong and very courageous, that means there's going to be some stuff in front of you. That means you got to go through something. Isn't it nice when you sit in church and you have a better pastor than me, and he's telling you everything's going to be all right? <laughs> then you come over here and Pastor feels throws water on the fire and says, no, it ain't. One of these days, you're going to have to go through something, and you're going to have to be strong, and not just courageous. You're going to be very courageous. You understand what I'm saying? That's right. Okay, you see, and some of you all know that. Some of you have had major surgery and been like myself. 
you know, eight-time cancer survivor. That's incredible. But you know, your chemo and, and, and all that other stuff they're putting in me and still on that stuff. But this is what I use. Be strong and courageous. Keep going. You just, you just got to keep moving. You see? There's no place in the Bible where it says you're going to get through this. If everything's all right in your life, you woke up in glory. So y'all got that, right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Now he's saying be careful and obey are the words that Moses gave you. He's talking about the law. It's the word. To us, it would be the word. You still have to obey. Here's one thing. You can get up in church. Don't y'all raise your hands, okay? And say, do you love the Lord? And folks, everybody in church, how can you love him and not be obedient? Loving God means being obedient to him. Amen. You see? All right. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Don't do what? Don't turn to what? The right or to the left. Because in, in other words, if he said don't turn to the right or to the left, there's somebody trying to get you to look in a different direction. Look over here. Look over there. You see, Satan uses people, I hate to tell you, he uses people sometimes to distract you, to get you to look away from God. Amen. Yeah. But I'm telling you, don't look to the right, don't look to the left. Sometimes, you know, we need to be like those horses when they put them blinders on them so we don't get distracted and look over there. You see, now only the people know what I'm talking about, okay? So can say amen after I get done. Many of us have got in trouble looking to the left and, still, and then we had enough nerve to get in more trouble looking to the right <laughs> instead of looking straight ahead where we should have been focused on. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about up in here? All right, here we go. So again, do not turn so that you may be successful wherever you go. Yeah, and do not what? Turn. Yeah. Don't turn. What are you doing? What are you doing? We're trying to be what over here? Successful folks. God has never created junk. Every human being that God ever created has the potential to be successful Amen. in some area Amen. or another. Yes. You see? What happens is, especially in the African-American church, we think being successful is being in the pulpit. That's the least successful. Ask me why. why? He who is great among you is your servant. That means that's why we don't have it up here. Folks falling asleep, looking down, looking important. We ain't have all that up here. Yeah, yeah, wait, no, no, no. Yeah, because no, you know where you're supposed to be? Out there ushering. That's what we do here. All right? And the guys just love me. They love me. They just think, yeah, they just think that's how pastor is. No, that's what the words say, all right? All right, wait, where am I at? Verse 8. Thank you. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. And uh, y'all know what an affirmation is? That's something you speak. An affirmation is something you speak. So he's saying, keep the word as an affirmation. We put one on the top of your paper. I do that. It's one of my favorite ones by Vince Lombardi. It's an affirmation. Read it. I can do that here because yep. I'm the boss, right? You can. All right. And it says, winning is a habit. Watch your thoughts, they become your beliefs. Watch your beliefs, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. 
Right. And y'all know what character is? Say what, Pastor? Go ahead. Go ahead. Character is who you are in the dark. That's right. You see? Character is who you are in the dark. You see? And we over here want a, a character. You know what our character is supposed to be? Say what, Pastor? What, Pastor? I walk as Christ. I talk as Christ. I think as Christ. I have the spirit of Christ within me. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's an affirmation. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Am I doing all right? Yes. Okay. Meditate on the book of law day and night. And see, meditate. People sometimes meditate. We think, clear your mind. Do you ever try that? I try to clear my mind. First time I took yoga. I I just clear your mind. All kinds of stuff went through my head. (laughs) So I had to look up the word meditate. Meditate means to mummer. What it means to repeat what you're reading and what you're saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, because, you know, don't clear your mind because you're giving Satan an opportunity or your flesh an opportunity to speak to you. You give your flesh an opportunity to speak to you. Yeah. I remember the first time I'd done it, I think it was around 11-something, and me and Tony D were doing it, and they they were trying to meditate. I was so hungry. (laughs) My mind got on what I was getting ready to eat, right? like some of y'all do at church on Sunday morning. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> meditate so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. I got to meditate on God's word that I may be careful that I do everything written in it. Mm-hmm. Then you will be what? Prosperous. Prosperous and, and successful. Yeah, that's right. You cannot meditate. If you meditate on God's word and put God's word in your spirit, you can't help but be successful. It's impossible not to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, see, here's what we do. We think success is all the time winning. No, success is sometimes losing and overcoming the loss with dignity and character. You ain't going to win all the time. It's not that way, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there could be somebody who ain't went through nothing, so they don't know what I'm talking about. I'm glad you didn't raise your hand. Satan be waiting on you in the parking lot out there. <laughs> all right, so really? Okay, here we go. And from the voice... Let the words from the book of the law always be on your lips. Let the word from the gospel of God always be on your lips. I'm changing it to that. I'm talking to you. I'm bringing it as your messenger to you. You have to know the word. Meditate on them day and night so that you may be careful to live by all that is written in it. And that is our duty is to be careful to live what's written in the word of God. And that's where his promises are. You see, Everybody's concerned now about what's going on in the Middle East. Revelations. It's all in the book. If you read Revelations, it's all in the book. You see, nothing new. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be new to us because if you read the book, it says it's going to happen. We worried about what's getting, uh, going on in the Middle East. I'm more concerned about my wife going to the grocery store, me going to, going to someplace here in America. You see what I'm saying? But what gives us comfort is the word of God is true. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God said his word won't fail. You see? And that means no matter what goes down, Christians, you ought to say, you're going to win. It's in there. That's right. You see? That's right. All right. And in verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? He says, no, he says not, I've commanded you to be strong and courageous. We're to be strong and courageous. Some of us, well, I've already been through it, but some of you all are going to go through some things. 
You're going, to, you're going to go through some pain. You're going to suffer some things. You're going to have to be strong and courageous. And it's already prepared. Let me tell you something. Do not be an unprepared person in a prepared place. What we try to do here today in this message, and that's why I'm taking my time with it, is prepare you. You have the tools. You have the tools to be able to deal with anything that comes up in your life. The books say so. Already done warn you that there's going to be some times where you're going to have to be strong and courageous to face some things that's uncomfortable, unpleasant. You're going to grieve, but you got to keep moving. All right? Then he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Because, see, fear will paralyze you. Fear will paralyze you. I'm going to say it again. There's some people sitting in these pews that's living beneath yourself because of fear. I'm not good enough. Okay? I'm the wrong color. I'm a female. You see? What's that other thing that God doesn't care nothing about? Your address. God don't care about your zip code. Oh, you all live, you know, all you all live where you all live before you got to where you all live, right? Some of us come out the hood, right? And God came in the hood because he don't care nothing about no zip code and deliver us. And now we, can I say something? Don't, white folks don't get mad. Now we live out here with the white folks. <laughs> yeah, I do. Everybody, yeah, I do. Well, out there, yeah, I do. Yo, that's real. That's just real talk there. Yo, all the black people are scared to move. <laughs> I'm telling you, church folks are something. Sister Cozy, church folks are something. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's right. That's right. We are the first African-Americans on the block because we lived in our neighborhood. And Gwen grew up really in the hood hood. But God comes out there. If you believe in him and you trust him, he'll bring you out of nowhere what condition your condition is. Right. You see? There's nobody in here in the sound of my voice that walk around and talk about you ain't enough. Are you kidding me? When did that happen? It happened when you listened to somebody else got in your head who's in your ear. Let Pastor Fields be in your ear this morning. You have the tools to be successful in anything and be prosperous because the word of God says so. Amen. Right? There's no poor me, poor me, pour me another drink in God. Keep going. Let me read, please. So again in verse 9, do not be afraid or be discouraged. We're not going to be afraid. We're not going to be discouraged. That means there's going to be some uncomfortable and some difficult times, but we're not going to be afraid and we're not going to be discouraged. There's going to be some setbacks, but we're not going to be discouraged. For the Lord, huh, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are y'all with me? Yeah, and, and see, he's going to hold you accountable to this word. Amen. So we're going to walk out of here and never walk back in here feeling the way we walked in here. Four. Heads are up, ears open for the Holy Spirit. I'm good enough. I'm better than good enough. All right? And so tomorrow when you go to job, someone say, what's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? You get what I'm talking about? Okay. Now we turn to Matthew 4, starting at verse 1 from the NIV. Now he started that in the Old Testament, right? If we go to Matthews, we're going to go to the Gospels. 
because I want you to get it. God's word is good in the Old Testament. God's word is good in the Gospels. And this is somebody that was tested by the word that you've heard of. All right? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, now Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now, it's talking about the Spirit. He didn't go up here on his own, did he? He was comfortable where he's at. But the Bible says he was led by the Spirit to go up in the wilderness to be uh, tempted by the devil. Because, see, you know, now, I want you to look at this. The devil is an opportunist. All right? But everybody's going to be, see, if Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted, what makes you think that you ain't never going to be tempted? All right? All right. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, that's the human side. Jesus is 100% human, 100% divine. But his human side was what? He was hungry. And anyway, guess, guess who's going to show up now because he's hungry? The tempter came to him. Oh, yeah, because he's what? He's an opportunist. When he, Jesus was hungry, tired, thirsty, and hungry, guess who showed up? Let's go mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. When you get tired, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, get, when you're at your weakest moment, guess who's going to show up? Oh, yeah. Here he come. Yeah. He, you know, he got a better idea. Is that Ford that said they had a better idea? I think one of those advertisements. Well, he got a better idea. And so he showed up. And that's, a, that's one of the things I want everybody to get to. If you don't get nothing else, at your weakest moment, Satan is an opportunist. He comes. If you ever been doing okay, everything's good. Now here comes the holidays, and you're tired, and you're working, and some of you go too much into this Thanksgivings and all this stuff. And then she shows up. Auntie somebody. He shows up. Uncle somebody. You're already tired, or that son or daughter you ain't think talk to you in a while, get one a meal. Yeah, always somebody shows up. Somebody shows up that had one or two too many. You see, and you tired and you at you know, and they know you're a Christian, so they're gonna do everything they can to get you to come out of your Christian thing, to come like them, right? He's an opportunist. Y'all with me? He's an opportunist. And one of the things that he does is, especially on the holidays, there are people, because of holidays, think they should do certain things. And some of the people that know what I'm talking about, so y'all act like you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people fall from addictions during holidays. Because alcohol's everywhere. Diets crash. Diets crash because it's a holiday. And uh, so I'm going to make it plain since y'all ain't up here with me. And you, you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you walk in there and you're smelling all that food and so, that you ain't supposed to eat. And the food that you ain't supposed to eat always looks better and smells better than the food you're supposed to eat, right? Yeah. And it crashes. Yeah. Satan wants to get you spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially. Let's, let's, since you ain't responding to me right, People go broke over Christmas. The most craziest thing is, is to buy something and pay 15, 16, 17% on it for a whole year. If you can't pay cash, leave it there. Yeah, yeah. But it's Christmas, okay? But when did Christmas have anything to do with you buying stuff on your credit card? might just want to go to church. 
Isn't it something that God says he'll bless you if you give 10%? He said he'll bless you if you give 10%. The credit card won't give you nothing and charging you 15%. But you honor the credit card and not God. That's crazy. And wait a minute. And he's go by his word that he will bless you. But we would rather, not we, but they would rather bless the other paying because it's Christmas and you're weak because after all, they're my grandkids. Let their mom and daddy buy them something. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, you have to be tough to save your money. You sometimes, yes, you have to use spiritual sense because common sense is out the window. You need to use spiritual sense and understand that Satan wants to get you. Don't he know? The number one thing for divorce in this country is not adultery. It's finance. Because finance starts going in and in and in and in and in. Check it out. All right. Now I'm done with that part. All right. All I think. So the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God. If. If. He always starts out with if. Mm-hmm. You see, I don't tell somebody says if. So not my, my. No, we ain't doing that. Because you know it's a trick of the devil. If you are the son of God, he's challenging you. Okay. Tell these stones to become bread. Oh, you hungry? You the son of God? You all that? Tell these stones to become bread. Okay, but guess what Jesus says? Yes, Jesus answered, "It is written." Wait a minute. Here he goes to the word. Mm-hmm. Jesus throws the word at him. Mm-hmm. Said, "It is written that man shall not what live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God." Now, Jesus, thank you. Jesus Christ used the word of God. What are you doing? Use the same weapon that Jesus Christ used. Use the word. You know, Satan, you are a liar and you're the father of lies. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus done that. You can do that. All right, here we go. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He working, ain't he? Now he's going to see, okay, now look, let me, the devil's going to take him to the highest city. Look at all the fame you can have. Man, you can be like Mahomes. Or Kelsey. Or what's her name? Taylor Swift. Oh, you can be like Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm old. Taylor Swift wasn't around when I was in. But I ain't making fun of Taylor Swift because she'd come across the north and go, we'd get a whole lot of, we could build a new church. Go ahead. And, <laughs> yeah. All right. But he's trying to tell him, you could be what? Famous. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to give you all this. Go ahead. Here he goes again in verse 6. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Then he said, now, you know, show, show out. Jump. Well, for it is written... He will command his angels concerning you. Now, here's something you all don't know. It is written. Satan's, now Satan's throwing what? The word of Jesus. Psalms 91. It's in Psalms 91, I think. All right, go ahead, read that part again. Why DJ's looking up Psalms 91 from the guy. I think it is Psalms 91. <laughs> yep, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Yeah, now, is that in the gospel? Has anybody got it? Is that in there? Read it. Any, who's got it? Read it out. We have, we're a family church. We don't do that. Just read it out loud. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. 
He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting him. For he will rescue you from every trap. He will protect you from the fatal plague. He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night or the fears of danger of the day, nor dread the plagues that stalk in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall on your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. But you will see it with your eyes. You will see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come to your dwelling. The Psalms 91 is a long psalm, so you might have to go. If you all read the rest of it, that part comes there. But I wanted him to deal with that. Satan used what? He threw the word of God right at, at, at Jesus. Don't you know he'll do that to you? Absolutely. You see, let me tell you, I hate to tell you this because it's brutal. This is brutal. Don't listen to every preacher. Don't listen to everybody walking around here talking about they're Christian. Because yeah, you know, the word, Satan knows the word too now. Yeah, and if you look in there, you'll find it down in there. It'll tell you, yeah, exactly what. Yeah, Satan said, well, don't, don't the Bible say? And you know, I think y'all had some friends, you're talking about, the, they look at you sick, don't the Bible say? You see, challenging you, using the word. He'll use anything he can to cause you to get distracted from who God is and who you are in him. Keep going, please. Then Jesus responds in verse 7, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus said, throw the word back at him. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. It is also written that. All right, keep going. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. I got ahead of myself. This is the one I was talking about, right? And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Man, you could be a superstar. Mm -hmm. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. He said, man, I'll make you famous. Mm He's -hmm. talking to Jesus. He said, I'll make you famous if you bow down and worship me. But Satan, he's an opportunist. So if he's challenging Jesus, come on, folks. He ain't going to challenge you. It'd be nice to be famous, wouldn't it? Not really. <laughs> some, people, some people lose their way in their fame. Okay. Go ahead. And Jesus says in verse 10, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus said, Get with him. Get out of here. Get out of here. I want to worship God and God only. And the devil left him, and the angels came and ministered to him. He won. Then the angels came and ministered to him. We went to the Old Testament, the gospel. I've used this when I've been in the hospital. You see, I've used this. 1 Peter 2 and 24. Go ahead. He himself bore our sins. Now listen to me. Everybody look at me. People will tell you the reason you're sick is because you sin. They say you've done something wrong. But you're going to be smart enough to say, wait a minute. My sins are on Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes. Come on, right here. 
Jesus bore my sins mm -hmm. in his body on the cross yes. so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. Mm -hmm. Now here's the one I've used many times. Laying in the hospital. By his wounds yes. I've been healed. Yes. By his wounds yes. I've been healed. Yes. And the Bible says by his wounds we have been healed. Yes. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. You see? And so people say, well why do some people get sick? Well that's just the body's not this is temporary. Y'all do know that. How many of you got cars? Amen. You, your car won't outlast you. You put so much mileage on it, you got, that's just how it is. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking good and feeling good, but I got 77 years of mileage. There ain't a whole lot more mileage on that thing, you see. He's healed me in this life. I'll be healed in the next one. See, sometimes being delivered from this is healing, and people don't get that. People don't get that. I've told people who've lost a person that's suffering, said, God's going to heal them, and they passed away. But, Pastor, you said that they going to said they're healed from their suffering. Because, you know, we selfish. We want them suffering, but we don't want to suffer, right? You know what I'm saying? No, they're healed from their suffering. You see? Okay, that was not popular, but it's a fact. All right, keep going, please. Matthew 8 and 17. I'm almost done here. Here we go. Take your time. Y'all getting it. <laughs> These miraculous healings fulfilled what the prophet Isaiah had predicted. These what kind of healings? Miraculous. When, when we hear counselor coming in, she's taught us something. We always thought healing was just a physical thing. We didn't know it's, it's, it's I mean, sickness was a physical thing. We didn't know it was an emotional thing. We didn't know it was a mental thing. And most church folks don't even know it was a spiritual thing. We have a mental body, a spiritual body, emotional body, right? And God will heal them all. Do you understand that? Okay. He took our infirmities upon himself and he bore our diseases. And he took our infirmities, we don't need to go there, we look it up. I got it down here, but I won't be any longer. He took our what? Infirmities. Infirmities. Our immorals. And put him up on himself. God done all that for you. Yes. What are you holding on to? There's a song that Isaac sings, and that, that no shame on me. That's a beautiful song. There ain't no shame on me. No shame on me. Jesus took all that. I don't come to church and feel shame. I used to feel shame before I got saved. Has anybody done wrong? Has anybody had some regret from things they've done? And God has come and delivered you from all that. So you don't walk around in shame anymore. That's a trick of the devil. And as soon as you, as soon as you get that feeling, there ain't no shame on me, and you start feeling good about yourself, somebody call you, you remember? God died for all that. All right. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. He did it. He took up our pain and bore our suffering. And yet, he took up our pain. and I mean, 
He took that. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. This is the part you want to get. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was pierced for my transgressions. You want to feel good about yourself? You ought to feel good about yourself. God done that for you. He done it for you. You believe it? And you need to start acting like it. Get your head up. All right, keep going. He was crushed for our inequities. He was what? Crushed. Crushed. All that for me? Say that. All that for me? All that for me. What else, Pastor? What else, Pastor? Yes. He does know that for you. Give God a hand clap on that one. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. I'm living peace now. Because he took the punishment. There's one thing, Christians, that I'm glad that God didn't give me what I deserve. Am I the only one in here? I'm sure enough, God. Don't give me some fun. God gave what you did. No, no. Don't give me what. I'm glad he didn't give me what I deserved. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. And lastly, by his wounds, we are healed. I've laid a many times, and I'd say that. By his wounds, I'm healed. By his wounds, I'm healed mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. I'm healed by his wounds. Is God good to you? Amen. Did you learn something? Amen. Y'all 